The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized. And how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided. Three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son, and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter, and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That's right, danger's coming. (laughs) We are in the 12th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke. Good, good. You're paying attention. It's a good thing. And in this 12th chapter towards the end where we're at, and then really leaning into the 13th chapter, we have some of the... uh, most difficult sayings of Jesus. And I would say the one that we heard in the gospel today as well is perhaps maybe on the top of that list because it seems very strange. Before I've encouraged you to take time to read and prepare for the Sunday reading by taking the gospel and meditating on it a little bit. Maybe as you were reading earlier this week, going through that gospel passage, you're wondering Huh? Do you think I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. It's a very strange saying of Jesus, isn't it? Especially because for you and me, we describe Jesus with the messianic title of Prince of Peace. And it feels like in our Eucharistic celebration, when we get close to after saying the Our Father and we're ready to receive communion, all we talk about is peace. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Peace, sign of peace, the peace of the Lord be with you. We use peace like 10 times within a period of 15 seconds. Peace is pretty central to the Christian life. Amen? So what gives? Why this strange sense? Why is Jesus saying I have not come to establish peace on the earth. Here's the difference first, just to start us off. There's a key difference when Jesus says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you, versus the statement, do you think I have come to establish peace on the earth? The difference being, there's something of a sense of like a social peace in mind when you say establish peace on the earth. 
And just by observable fact, we can see that over 2,000 years, that if that was the goal of Jesus, he would have failed, because we don't have social peace. Even though we have what's called the United Nations, we're not that united. Amen? And so there must be something different of when Jesus says, my peace I give you. So what is it that Jesus gives? What is it that Jesus reveals? What is it that Jesus shows to us? He shows us, you and me, the narrow path. And the narrow path, when followed, has the ability, because it is a journey of mercy, the narrow path that Jesus gives to you and to me is a journey of mercy, a mercy from the heart to the mind to the hands. And so this journey of mercy overwhelms us, strengthens us, gives us the ability to reach out to other people, and therefore gives the peace that comes from him himself, a peace in the interior of our hearts that we are called to then spread one by one to other people. Okay. Let's look at this then kind of uh, flowing through these different aspects. First off, when you choose to walk the narrow path, the interior of your soul will be lit on fire. And there will be a yearning within you to share that fire of God's love with other people that cannot be quenched. When we walk the narrow path, our hearts will be set on fire. Amen? And that cannot help but be extended to other people. This is what Jesus says right out the gate as he kind of preludes leading to that very strange saying. He says, I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were blazing already. That kind of passion is what can happen to you and to me. It's what happens to the saints. It's what happens when we spend time in contemplation and meditation with the Lord. So we come here to Mass and we pray the rosary and we do the good works that we're called to do. Let's look at Mother Teresa as a concrete example. Mother Teresa felt motivated to serve the poorest of the poor. She had a a, a movement within her heart as she contemplated God. And she felt this fire of his love that she just had to extend somewhere else. And so as she was kind of praying about what was she being called to do, what kind of religious order would she found, she came to India. And one of the first encounters she had is she was walking around the streets and she came across one of the poorest of the poor, a person half dead, lying in the gutter. And because of that fire in her heart, that fire in her soul, she went and she picked up that person and held them until they died. That was a clear journey of mercy from the heart to the mind to the hands as she cared for that person. You see, when we choose to walk the narrow path, our hearts will be set on fire, and that fire wants to spread other places. Now, when we also choose to walk the narrow path, the opinions and the thoughts of our mind can cause uh, great anguish in relationship to this narrow path. If we really want to commit to the narrow path, our minds could possibly go through great anguish. Jesus expresses this himself. The second part that he says in this little verse, after he wants to set the earth on fire, he says, there is a baptism with which I must be baptized. You could say a mission that I must be accomplished, I must be submerged in, immersed in, and complete. He says, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Hear that. Fast forward to the agony in the garden. 
Jesus is there. Jesus is praying about the cross that he is about to immerse himself in, the baptism with which he is about to be baptized, which is what he's referring to in this analogy. And he's there and he says, Father, let this cup pass from me. He prays that this suffering would be taken away from him. But then he concludes, but not my will, but your will be done. Amen? Hear that anguish of the mind as he tries to align himself with God's will. When we choose to walk the narrow path, we're trying to align ourselves with God's will. And that can cause anguish to our mind because it's very difficult. Because we have opinions and we have thoughts and we have desires that sometimes are not in line with God's will. Even true for myself. As I say this, I'm thinking back to my days in college, and there was a certain point, like first, second year of college, where I was beginning to study various different religions, as I was kind of trying to understand the spiritual line. And as I was going through that, I started to develop an opinion, a belief, which is heresy, by the way. So what I'm about to share with you is heresy, amen? So I'm not proposing this as a real idea about what is true about the world. This is not correct. But this is what I used to believe. As I was trying, again, trying to understand encountering other religions and, and people who were good and how do I try to process this and make sense of things. So I held this opinion that uh, God incarnated himself in different people throughout the world in different, parts of different times of history. So God like incarnated himself in Buddha. God incarnated himself in Confucius. God incarnated himself in Muhammad. God incarnated himself in Joseph Smith. And I had this, this opinion. I was like, well, we have all these different religions. This is, must be what God is doing. He's trying to reach these people by that way, these people this way, these people this way, me this way. Well, as I was coming to that settling position, I came across a verse that changed everything. And it caused me great anguish. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That completely put me in a position of anguish in relationship with Jesus, in relationship with the will of God and what he was teaching me about what he wanted for me. And so what had to happen was my mind had to be transformed. I had to surrender the belief that I had, the opinion that I held, the thought that I was in, because the scripture was contrary to it. And so I surrendered. And I became to believe that Jesus is not just a way amongst many, a truth amongst others, a life that one of us could live, but we could live a different one, but know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so my mind was transformed to conform to God's will and that teaching. But that was anguish. Perhaps you yourself maybe know things like this that you're struggling with even this very moment. But go through that anguish. Take the narrow path. Pursue understanding of Jesus' church and the teachings of the gospel. When we choose to walk the narrow path, it may bring great anguish to our mind, to our opinions and our thoughts. Okay. So this mercy, this narrow path, this journey of mercy that we're traveling, first heals the heart, sets it on fire with God's love. Then at a certain point, we'll need to transform our mind, surrender our own opinions and thoughts for the sake of the gospel and align ourselves to the will of God. And then finally, when we choose to walk this narrow path, if you're willing to maybe do this, 
I know many of you already are, and you want to, otherwise you wouldn't be here. The last thing that's very difficult is that when we choose to walk the narrow path, there will be an exposing of the massed divisions in our family. The familial surroundings, our immediate family in particular, the people around us, there will not be the capability for the facade of unity if we take the narrow path. It will expose the divisions that already exist within our family. This is what Jesus is talking about when he says, I am bringing division. Not in the sense that he himself is going to cause division within your family as the actor of the division, but that when he comes into your family, the family will be divided. And what was there will be exposed because you can't live in a mass division or a facade of unity when you really take the narrow path. Do this as a little mental experiment for, for a second. Think of your immediate family, just your immediate family. Your siblings, your mother, father, your children. And imagine for a moment, you come to one of them, or all of them at some point, and you share with them different parts of the gospel that Jesus has for us. You share with them, for example, how the church calls us to take care of the most vulnerable in the world. How we should be care for life in the womb, care for our grandma and grandpa or the elderly at the end of their life, care for the immigrant, care for the poorest of the poor. Just doing that, look at all the people. Do you realize there might be some division with someone in your family? They might disagree with one of those positions. You see how it exposes. Or maybe it's just a situation about uh, the beautiful gift of our sexuality, that a husband and a wife should share that special gift after they've committed themselves to each other spiritually in the sacrament of marriage. Look at all the people in your family immediately. Isn't it clear? There will be division if you try to walk this narrow path. Or let's even just put it even more simply about the sacraments, how we're supposed to come here and be a part of the worship of God each and every single Sunday. Think of every person in your family. It's clear there's division when we try to walk the narrow path. Maybe there's even for yourself as I say those different things, and that's just a handful. There's a lot more about the gospel. That's just a handful of things that you see that there is clear division even with yourself in relationship to God. When we choose to walk the narrow path, it will expose these mass divisions. But we're not without hope. Because when you choose to walk this narrow path, remember, it's a journey of mercy. Not a journey of hate, not a journey of them against us, but a journey of we all belong together as children of God, seeking to do His will. And that mercy needs to heal our hearts, transform our minds, and then reach and extend through our hands. That is the process we begin in the Eucharist this morning. The Eucharist will set our very core on fire. And what will we do with it this week? Will it transform our minds? Will it extend through our hands? Those are the questions to ask ourselves. Concretely, what I encourage you to do this week is a simple prayer from Pope Francis. It's a prayer that actually he told us not too long ago. He does every night before he goes to bed. He says to the Lord, as he gets down, he kneels, and he says, he quotes the scripture, he says, Lord, if you wish, you can make me clean. And he prays five Our Fathers, one for each of the wounds of Jesus. And he has a crucifix with him, he'll kiss the crucifix. Our Father who art in heaven, kiss the feet, kiss the hands, kiss the crown, kiss the wounded side. 
That's a suggestion maybe at the end of your day to be trying to allow this journey of mercy, the narrow path to move from your heart to, to healing your heart, to transforming your mind, to extending through your hands. Pope Francis puts it concretely like this very beautifully. He says, In the heart we receive the mercy of Jesus, who forgives everything, because God forgives everything. I mean everything. And he lifts us up, gives us new life, and he fills us with compassion. Take the narrow path. Even if it's painful to be healed in your heart, even if it causes anguish in your mind, even if it reveals the divisions that exist, because the peace that God wants to give to you can transform all of those things and make you the person he is calling you to be.